Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Big news to start our Christmas Eve edition of The Jump. Team sources telling Woj and Dave McMenamin both LeBron and Anthony Davis are expected to play on Christmas Day, despite both of them recently dealing with injuries. This morning, the Lakers organized a little impromptu practice session so the two stars could get some extra work in. Paul, do you expect both guys to go all out tomorrow? Why wouldn't they? This is Christmas. Everybody looks forward to Christmas Day. I mean, come on now. This is one of the biggest days outside of the playoffs and All-Star Weekend. When LeBron missed the game against the Nuggets, everyone's like, oh my gosh, is he going to miss Christmas? And all I kept saying is, no, he's oh, missing the game against the Nuggets so he can management. heal up, yeah. so he can play <laughs> on Christmas. Management. I don't even low management. I think it was just heal your little injuries right. so that you can be good on Christmas, Christmas Day, right? Absolutely. That's when you want to show up. And with that, I'm Rachel Nichols. I'm here alongside two-fifths of the 2008 what? NBA champs. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is Kendrick Perkins, Paul Pierce. You can guess which one was the finals MVP. I'm not going to rat with them out. You know, say we'll say who it was. This one, it was this guy. Coming up, do we expect Dion Waters? <laughs> this guy, no. That's true. To be naughty or nice when he returns to the Heat after a six-game suspension, stick around to find out. I'm just saying that when Kendrick Perkins missed the end of the finals in 2010, no ring. So there you go. First, though, I sat down with Paul George as he prepares for the biggest game of the regular season tomorrow, Clippers-Lakers on Christmas Day. Now, Paul's road back to his hometown of L.A. had many twists and turns, both on and off the court. And he really opened up about the meaning of playing in front of his family. It's deeper than you may know. For me, I grew up a Clippers fan. Man, we're going to make it happen, L.A. our way. Christmas Day, you've got four of the top ten players in the NBA. The entire league is watching. What is that atmosphere going to be like? Uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Playing on Christmas is one of the biggest things. Within the matchup that is going to be on that floor, you know, two top ten players on each side, both teams with loaded benches. It's going to be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to it. You don't get to just play on the marquee game in Christmas Day. You get to play at home, mm-hmm. your hometown, in front of your parents. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? That means everything to me because just my journey, my path, where I started from um, and where I'm at now um, is surreal. For us growing up, Staples Center was iconic. My parents get to be in there. They have a seat there every night. It's bigger than anything that I could ever imagine. Your mom had a stroke when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. You were at the house when it happened. What did you remember about that? Um, I was outside. I was I was working on my craft, working on my game, playing, playing basketball. basketball in the front yard. And I remember Amlam's truck uh, driving up. Um, and then I remember him taking my mom out and just not knowing what's going on. Um, you know, and, and I had to have my dad break down what was going on. It's remarkable how she's been able to recover from that over the years, but I know traveling has still been hard for her. When you played in Indiana, when you played in Oklahoma City, what was the challenge for her to be able to get to games? Her whole day is rough. You know, for my mom, it's, it's 
hard for her to move and you know getting out of bed is tough um you know so she got to wake up early in the morning catch flights drive to to airport it's it was just it was tough on her my mom's a trooper though she did it she never complained but looking at it and and watching her go through it you saw the struggle you know it was hard for her but she did it you know bless my mom she she was a trooper by it knowing how hard for her that was how much was that a factor and you wanting to get back to LA so she could just see you play right outside her doorstep yeah it was a big factor it was a big factor sit down for this Oklahoma City is trading Paul George to the Clippers looks like my boy is coming with me to LA <laughs> where are we going cuz we coming home we coming home how did you call and tell your parents that this trade had happened and you were coming home. I'm waiting for my agent Aaron to give me a call. Uh he gives me a call. He's like, "Hey, you're coming home. You made it happen." My agent being my, my agent, he decided to be a prankster. Let's tell your mom like you got traded to Toronto. So, uh, like, Toronto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Let's let's tell her you got traded to Toronto." First thing my mom says, Oh boy, it's cold there. <laughs> Everybody on the phone just breaks out laughing. Then I jump on, "Mom, I'm coming home. I'm, I'm coming to the Clippers." And she was she was just happy. She loves that she, you know, see me a lot more. She can go to more games. It's a lot easier on her. And, you know, ultimately she's staying off airplanes. It's not just that you get to play in front of your family now, you also get to play for a team mm-hmm. that you rooted for growing mm-hmm. up. So when you are there on Christmas Day on the court, warming up, and you look out and you see some kid who looks like you, little Paul, in Clippers gear, what is that going to mean knowing he could be the next kid who grows up and plays for this team on Christmas Day? Well, this time around, hopefully they got a lot more to root for than I did. But I, I think that's what's so special about it. I can give those kids opportunities I didn't have growing up. I can give kids hope. I was once you and this is hopefully a shortcut I can give get to wherever you guys want to get to. I feel like it's my time to be here. It's my time to hopefully finish out my career here and be around my family. Thank you very much yeah. to Paul George. Really right. touching there. You guys yes. are talking about his mom and how much this means to the family. Now, remember on opening night, the Clippers beat the Lakers 112 to 102, and that was without Paul George. Remember, he missed mm-hmm. the first 11 games of this season. So, Paul, how different do you think this Christmas Day matchup is going to be with PG now on the court next to Kawhi? Well, I mean, they're fully healthy now, so we get to see a fully loaded team. So the thing is, the Lakers, it was their first game, but we see them hit their stride early. The Clippers, you know, they've been doing a lot of low management. But Christmas Day, this is going to be like a championship atmosphere. Everybody's healthy. <laughs> Everybody want, wants to see the matchup, healthy and ready to go. This is a preview of the Western Conference Finals. I'm, I'm right there with P. I mean, we're talking about we in L.A. Right. Christmas Day. The Lakers, the Clippers, yeah. four four of the top ten four players. Four top ten players in yes. the league. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about two of the best duos in the league playing against one or each other. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see on the Clippers standpoint. I'm waiting to see because over the last four games, they've been, they have been looking real suspect because of their chemistry. Um, you know, Doc has been having to 
played 10, 11 guys and, mm -hmm. you know, with Kawhi being out one night and he's playing the next night, like, I just don't see that chemistry there. But I, I actually had the Clippers pick the win and I have them pick the win because we really don't know how healthy LeBron and AD really are. Well, look, like both it, teams are struggling right now, too. Yeah. They, they both kind of kept coming into yeah. this game with a couple losses. Yeah. You wonder if they're looking ahead a little bit to this yeah. Christmas Day matchup. Lakers were on that super long road trip. When I think back about opening night, yes, the Clippers were without Paul George. We had Kawhi dropping 30. But the Lakers, remember, they were just figuring out who they were. Remember right. LeBron right. deferred to AD over and over? They had so many pick and rolls. I think it set a record or something. I mean, it was just kind of crazy that they were trying to figure out who they were. So I expect both teams to be pretty different. That being said, the whole time Paul George was out, those first 11 games, and they were just rolling people in some of those games. Yeah. Good teams. And it was like, oh, right, and then they're going to get Paul George. Right. right? So I am curious to see with this matchup, and yes, to your point, maybe the Lakers will come out of it. If they don't do well, maybe they'll be like, well, we weren't really healthy, so we'll see what happens later down the road. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. I don't know. Um, Paul George did talk about the significance of playing pro basketball in front of his family in Southern California. Very touching stuff about his mom and her stroke and sort of why she just can't really travel that much, so why this means so much. Paul, you got to experience a version of that. You played two seasons with the Clippers. You are, of course, from Englewood. So what is it like? Where are you from? Where are you from? The wood? From the wood? I got to make him laugh because first time I pulled up as a rookie, Paul pulled up in his Hummer, and I just heard this song come from, this song banging out his car. It was like, where you from? Englewood? Englewood? I was like, oh. No, listen, though. It was, it's a different for me because I was at the end of my career, so it was like, you know, this is where I'm going to live. This is where I'm going to wind down. I'm way past my prime. But for George... You weren't that. No, George is different. He's in the middle of his prime. Yes. He's on a contending team. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. I know he gets Played a lot of ticket team, requests. Right? I didn't get those ticket requests because I didn't play much. <laughs> and so, and so there's much more pressure on him than it is for me. You know, I was like, look, I'm, I'm done, y'all. I came here to really be a player coach mm -hmm. and uh, really settle into my basketball afterlife. And that's be here with you. Aw, <laughs> aw, aw. And Paul knows that because I would stalk him at every game being like, so then you're going to come work for us. You're going to come work for us. I mean, Kendrick, he talked in that piece a little bit about, he said, oh, man, when we were growing up, Staples Center was everything. That's how you would know that you made it if you got to play there. Mm -hmm. And then he talked at the end a little bit about those little kids that he might see in Clippers jerseys or Lakers jerseys on right. Christmas Day. That that idea of getting to see kind of little versions of you when you're out there playing because it is your hometown, it's got to mean something, right? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing, like, I used to be excited. And Paul will tell you, when we used to go back to Houston, mm -hmm. I used to have some of my best games when I was mm -hmm. on the Celtics. we go back to Houston. The only thing I had a problem with was that I, I used to have to buy, like, 150 yeah, tickets. It's expensive. From my hometown in Beaumont. But, hey, I was cool with it. But, it, I mean, it's just something about playing at home. Even yeah. mm -hmm. when Paul's with the Celtics, when you come and play in L.A., it's something about I have to being, show out. Yeah, right. you got to show right. out. Right. You got to show out. It's your people. So right. you've got all of that going on tomorrow. Such a good slate of Christmas Day games. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about Derek Jones Jr., also known as Airplane Mode, because he's taking flight Ooh. again. We will show you his latest masterpiece right after this See, like, short ooh. break. To make or mislead. To make or mislead. I'm not really sure about that. To make or mislead. Rachel, it's a make or mislead. How many times do I have to tell you? <sighs> Get it one of these days, Steve. Make elevation. Jazz Heat. Derek Jones Jr. comes up with the ball. Flies in oh, for the yeah. two. Oh. And thronk over the reigning defensive Ooh. player of the year. Rudy Gobert. Kendrick. Man. I mean, look. Eat. 
the front. I, I like that. Look at Throw that. it in. He's on. Listen, it seems like he's on a highlight every other day doing something spectacular. <laughs> the dunk I mean, is when you just reach in. The thrunk is when you throw it. I down. mean, this kid. Get this guy his own shoe. Oh my! Please God. look at this. Get him a pair of wings is what he needs. Come on, man. Could be best ever at this. Man, I'm so jealous I ain't have hops. <laughs> Levitation. Right. <laughs> oh, this is like how when we had Gerald Green. Yeah. yeah. You know, that. oh my goodness. <laughs> Miss Integrity. Let's stay in Miami. Tyler Hero bringing the ball up. All right, so guys, watch the outrageous offensive foul on Joe Ingles. Yes, you get it? That's find that. Find that man. Yeah, find that man. I mean, is he on the NBA's naughty list? Find that man. Oh, man. Look at him. He's like, oh my God. Oh my oh, God. Come on, come on. I can't do it any longer. I cannot stand upright. Well, you know, Joe Ingles have a history of doing that anyway. He's crafty. The that's what those, that's what you call that? That's what Marcus Smart calls it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, crafty. Taking Who invented this? This goes like a Vlade Divac. I blame him for this. Make break, Spurs Grizz. Watch Marco Bellinelli fake that he's going baseline. Now. Pull back, break oh. down the ankles before hitting that three. Oh, yes. no, you're you're watching. This is how you move without the ball. Right? Oh. <laughs> right Look here. at that. He didn't Damn. have the ball. This is how you fake back cut. <laughs> and the Spurs got an impressive win last night. I mean, they need it. They need a little Christmas yeah, cheer down here in San Antonio. They, they need it. They're like old people need soft shoes. <laughs> Next, aim. Come on this set. Wizards, Knicks. Admiral Schofield firing a pass about 20 feet over his teammate's head oh, into oh, the seats. Uh, I don't know. Did he think George Mears saw? I, I don't, I don't I know. know. Uh, that, that got away from him. Uh, that's, I don't know if I've ever did, done anything like I've probably done that before. Maybe I was targeting somebody. You played for uh, so long, I feel like you have done I've everything. I've done pretty much everything. Huh? He just, right? I don't know, P. He like Producer Leon Producer Danny Pope, goes, well, Paul did punch a rap, so there you go. That's just so aggressive. There you go. Make teammates. Pelicans. <laughs> Blazers. We have missed shot by New Orleans. All right, watch. Lonzo Ball, then fly in for the putback. Okay, Dunks on his own teammate, though. Hey, Lonzo, give so me some So does this count now. as a posterization if you get your own guy? Like that? What do you Look, think? That's a poster. Oh, your own yeah. guy? Oh, your yeah. own guy. Man. That's a poster on your own guy. We, <laughs> right? We've seen this before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Watch out. You know, Watch usually out. the guy who gets dunked on, if you're your teammate, he thought the lie was for him. Yeah. Yes. And then you go, right. All right. Well, those <laughs> are some good ones. We got better ones, right though. There. Time to run it back to the best teammate posterizations ever. 2001, T-Mac on Don Reed. Oh, no, I will take that star right now for you. Watch out. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was so easy to see, so right? Look, one step, oh, watch out. With the left Just hand. Just so too. fluid. 2013, Blake, Ryan Hollins. Watch Sorry, out, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, Come on, man. Oh, watch oh, out. Watch out, Ryan. What Ryan you doing? should know better, really, though, right? <laughs> yeah, Ryan, move out the way, Ryan. <laughs> what, what, what you doing? <laughs> what you On doing? that team, right? That's the poster. <laughs> That's a nice Ryan, poster doing, right man? there. Get 2017. This was the NBA Finals. LeBron over Tristan Thompson. Tristan. Oh, right? Pretty impressive because he threw it up to himself, too. Right. <laughs> he thought he was throwing yeah. it to him, and he finals, was like, no, right. no, no, I'm throwing it to finals. myself. Thank you. Thank you. And the poster, again, looks nice. All right. Ah. Last night marked the end of Dion Waiters' latest suspension. That would be his third of the season, for those of you keeping count. Waiters actually has yet to play for the Heat at all this season. He has been Ooh. suspended for 17 of their 30 games. He's now able to attend practices with the team, sit on the bench, but no word about whether he will actually be allowed to play. Their next game is on Friday. Kendrick, do you expect Dion Waiters to be naughty or nice after this 
latest suspension. He has to be nice. Like, like, like come on, Dion. I know you. You're, you. you're a good guy. You know, I understand we all go through our – we all have flaws and we all have our moments where, you know, things are not going our way. But, I mean, come on, man, chance after chance. Like, sometimes yeah. accountability is everything, you know. And, you know, if you – I always say, if I get into it with ten different people, sooner or later it's not the ten different people that got problem. the problem. It's, the problem mm-hmm. is me. And it's crazy because Dion is so talented – and the last two seasons, he's been playing excellent basketball. And for him to let his emotions and his off-the-court activities and doing affect his game, I'm, I'm highly disappointed in my boy, Dion, because he could be out there right now being on the side of Jimmy, and they could really be dangerous. Yeah, he could add depth to this team. But I think a lot of this has to do with um – you know, the other guy stepping up. I mean, like, yeah. he's out of the, he's out of the rotation. He's out of he's healthy. Yeah. And For it's sure. like, you know, but like you said, like, come on, it's you, Dion. You, you got another chance to get another contract. You're still young enough. Yeah. But like after this incident, I can't remember the last time a player got suspended this many times. Maybe, right. Dennis, maybe Dennis Rodman. I mean, but he's a Hall of Famer. Right. Right. He's right. a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's so the NBA won't give you too many more chances once they see this. So. And the problem is, look, uh, look at some of the press coming out of Miami. They all say that the Heat would love to trade him, but they can't find a trade partner because exactly. nobody really wants to pick that up. The Heat, meanwhile, though, rolling. They won Ooh. last night, beating the Jazz 107-104. to 104. They currently have the fourth best record in the NBA. That's just behind the Bucks, Lakers, and Celtics. That's it. Miami outplaying expectations. We knew they'd be good. We knew they'd be a playoff team. We did not know they would be 22-8. and They have the best record of any team you won't see on television tomorrow on Christmas Day. So we know, Paul, that the Heat, the way they're playing, they deserve to be playing on Christmas. But are they the best team left out? Um, yes, absolutely. But I didn't, like, I don't know if I agree with your point on that we know they would be good. You didn't who think, knew, you didn't who think they'd make the playoffs? No, I mean, I didn't know how good they'll be. Who knew that Adebayo would be as good as he is this year? Right. Who knew none would step up like he is? Who knew Hero? You know, they got two guys, three guys that you just didn't know what to expect from them coming into the season. And they all are stepping up. And making this team a serious threat in the Eastern well, Conference. Well, just remember, though, this team did not make the playoffs last year yeah, in the East. Exactly. Right? So, so that will tell you where they were. They be. I know and they then added you Jimmy. knew they got Jimmy Butler. So yeah, Jimmy, you knew they would be better. We talked about be that better. all summer. This good, though. No one knew they would be no, this good. No, not at all. The rookies. No one knew all that stuff was no. going to happen. No, but, but listen. One thing about it is that you have to give credit to the Heat organization. Yeah. Because, for one, I'm going to touch on this subject. And I said it last time we mm-hmm. was on the jump, Rachel. Current... Yep. Um, Rich Gray, who was Kendrick Nunn's first agent, mm-hmm. he told me that he talked to majority of the GMs and they, they said Kendrick Nunn would never be an NBA player. And here it is, Pat Riley and the organization took a chance on him. He's starting and he's probably second behind John Morant for his um, in the uh, rookie of the year. He's, he's up there, definitely. Okay, and then you look at a guy like Duncan. Now I'm going to touch on this point. I know Jimmy numbers are not Giannis's or LeBron's, or, but we have to put him in this MVP conversation. Yeah. Um, he has to be. He, yes, he has to be in this MVP conversation because he's he's setting the tone. Like he's he's setting the tone for this team. This team is following his lead. This guy's showing up at six in the morning. He's coming in. He's hitting clutch shots. He's being big in the fourth quarter. Just look at that comeback that he had against the Hawks. Yeah. I mean, this guy. We have to put Jimmy Butler in the conversation. Okay. This goes back, Kendrick. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up to whether you're talking about most valuable player value to his team versus best stats. Right. Right? right. If there's a separate award for best stats, we can put a whole bunch of guys into that category. But the most valuable to your team, the 
most valuable player, the guy that you would want to take down from that board, that is sometimes a different conversation. Absolutely. And he fits into that conversation. Yes, it is. It's almost like we should have a separate award. I'm just saying. Coming up, we had another player fan incident. We will discuss it. Kyle Lowry calling out a fan last night in Indy. Isaiah Thomas members suspended two games for a fan incident on Saturday in Philly. Are we reaching a tipping point with fan player confrontations? We will discuss that after this. Check out SportsCenter, 6 o'clock Eastern, and they'll look at how high the bar is for Marshawn Lynch's comeback in Seattle. Shout out Mina Kimes and pressing questions for Saturday's college football semis. Check it. Welcome back to The Jump. All right, we've had some troublesome fan player interaction. Continuing to be an issue last night. Take a look at this. Kyle Lowry pointing out a fan to officials who appeared to say something after a foul in Indiana. So watch Kyle, number seven, right, pointing out the fan. Right, so they had the security come over. Mm-hmm. Better will review, but they couldn't determine exactly what the fans said. It's interesting yeah. though, because it comes just a day after Isaiah Thomas was suspended two games for entering the stands on Saturday <laughs> and verbally confronting a fan in Philadelphia. Now, this one was oh. interesting because everybody in the section around IT was like, no, he was actually very calm and, and almost polite in the way he confronted the fan, but he did feel he had to go up and get in that guy's face and say, hey, what are you doing here, buddy? And it was not aggressive, but the NBA has a very black and white rule. You cannot go into the stands. Right, this is after the right. incident in Detroit so many years ago. Uh, do you think we're at a tipping point here? Because remember, Kyle Lowry had the issue in the NBA Finals, too, with a fan up at Golden State. You know what? For me, uh, I was one that always the fans would say crazy stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But I think that comes down to the person. You know, I wasn't a sensitive guy, and I can take a lot of the rumblings for the fans. And, and I don't know what was said. You know, maybe it's some personal things, but... You know, that's part of sports, I feel like. You know, in any sport, you're going to have some things. You know, fans are going to boo you. They're going to say personal things. And uh, I, I really don't know because, like I said, I don't know what's said, but there's no reason to go in the stands. And I never really had a confrontation with a fan. So I, I don't know what could be said for a fan for me to go up to a fan and say it. What about say you, anything. I mean, listen. We, I mean, we get paid big money to play. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, I mean, like. At the end of the day, it's not something that some fan at a game is going to stop me from going to bed at night and rest peacefully. Like, I'm still going right. to sleep at night. Like, but the air conditioning on, apparently. But, but what I'm saying is we, we got to stop being so sensitive. Like, That's what when, I'm you, saying. when you're going and, look, I love IT and I love Kyle Larry, and it's not just them, but when you're going on the road, you got to expect that. Like, this yeah, is yeah. What, what you expect the fans to be nice? No, it's not going to happen. I had a situation. I'm in Memphis, playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're in the middle of the playoffs, right? It's rowdy. It's heated. Me and Zebo battling. I got my pregnant wife in the stands. All right, her and a, a guy get into it. A guy trying to fight my pregnant wife. I calmly stayed on the Someone bench. Someone tried to fight your pregnant wife. Yes, I calmly <laughs> stayed on the bench. I called. I went to the security, who was named Flash. Shout out to Flash. <laughs> and he went over there. He got the security. They escorted him out, resolved the situation. Like, you know, and then at the end of the day, it was something that I needed to realize, like, hey, okay, on the road, I shouldn't have had my wife sitting there anyway. Right. I probably should have <laughs> had her somewhere more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because you got to expect it. You have to expect, I mean, because 
Listen, I'm telling you, the Boston fans, when we was on our run, they didn't care. They don't right. care. You come into our gym, they go shoot whatever. Hey, they, you know how it is. I do, especially in Boston, I know. And That's look, how it is in the There are certain things that certainly cross the line and deserve to be pointed out to security. We've had fans, uh, racist overtones and things that they've said. The incident with Russell Westbrook last year. Um, so, so I don't have any problem with these guys pointing out a fan to security and saying, hey, this has crossed right. the line. This is unacceptable. And we do. Look, I've working sidelines for as many years as I did. The number of things I heard directed at you guys, for every incident you see where we highlight it, that is one out of a thousand. Most guys ignore most of the stuff. But if it gets to you and it's that one time, it's fine to point out to security, but you cannot go into the stands. And again, IT, by all accounts, was not, you know, threatening violence or anything. He was very reasonable and even when he was talking to the fan. It's just, it is a line you cannot cross. The NBA has a good reason in history for it. And, you know, apparently the disagreement with Isaiah Thomas was the fan was upset. He did not miss his second free throw because that meant that the fan did not get a free Frosty. Frosty's a dollar, people. There's better ways better ways to spend your time and money. All right, Russell Westbrook continuing his scoring Ooh. hot streak, dropping 28 in Monday's win at Sacramento. Russ has now averaged 32.3 points a game over the past four games. Remember, he started the season averaging only 22.5 points a game. Perk, this is your guy. You know it. Do you think that he has turned some sort of corner offensively, or he's just on a streak? No, he's turned the corner, but... Now we're watching a Russell Westbrook that we've seen in Oklahoma City. Mike, I criticized this, the Rocket system early in the season, but now Mike D'Antoni is putting Russell Westbrook in position to be successful. Look, he's shooting his pull-up tools. He's posting up more. And now you got to give credit also to James Harden for a moment. Russell Westbrook was almost being a role player, just standing back watching mm-hmm. James Harden mm-hmm. doing his thing. But now you're looking at James Harden, he's actually, here, Russ, you know, let's share, let's share the wealth. So now Russ has the ball in his hands more. They're both spreading it. It's not no more James go for 50 or 60 like last night. They both had 30-something apiece, balancing it out. And right now, to be honest, the Rockets is the best team in the, playing the best basketball in the Western Conference right now, in my well, opinion. Well, this week. This no, week. these past three weeks, Rachel. They, their defense have turned up on another level mm-hmm. and offensively. And they're only three games back from the number one seed in the West. I think this is what they envision. <clears throat> you know, a guy that can take pressure off James Harden. He doesn't have to be that guy that can go out and score 50. He's capable of it. Yeah. But there's nights where you got to let Russ do him. Mm-hmm. And he can take the pressure off him. And this is what James has needed. Chris Paul was really good for them. Mm-hmm. But they, any given night, Chris Paul was that 20-25 player at that time. Now Russ is a guy that can go out and get you 30-40 on any given night as a better athlete. James, he's not going to have it every night, right. especially in the playoffs. But this is what they envision, and this is what they must do moving forward if they're going to be a threat in the Western Conference. Well, look, teams are doubling Russ. I mean, teams are doubling Harden more often. Russ wasn't hitting his shots. Yeah, he wasn't hitting shots, season. though, either. You can't That's, completely blame right, anyone else. Exactly. He just was shooting and not scoring. To your point, though, putting him in more comfortable situations, spots on the floor that he likes better, yeah. things that he can do. He's now got it going. And Russ, to me, has always been a guy where you can tell a lot of it is mental. If he feels good, he is playing well. Right. If if he's worrying about too many things on his checklist, then you can see the ball doesn't go. But he, uh, but one last point, yeah. and Pete and could test that he's also a guy that reminds me of like KG, and like you can't look Russ in the eyes and despite his numbers, mm-hmm. he's going to compete. Yeah, of course. And yeah. you as that's and I think he brings out the best of James Harden. 
I thought he bought out the best of every guy that he played with. If you if you go down the line real quick, KD four four time scoring champion. You uh, pa- Paul, Paul George, George before he got hurt last yeah. year. Uh, he he put the dog in Victor Oladipo. Um, and now we seeing James Harden. Uh, we seeing James Another Harden. Another career year. Forty. Yeah. So I mean, you know, this guy, man. Yeah. You know, he don't. He always get criticized, but he never gets the credit that he really deserves, in my opinion. Well, he got an MVP, so he's got to start there, yeah. and then we'll see if he can get into an NBA Finals this year. All right. In response to reports of the league crafting the nuances of an NBA mid-season tournament. Mark Cuban, Dallas' owner, spoke out. And, and you know, Mark, it's, it's never subtle. This was his tweet. So dumb. What will teams that are in the tax going to do? Tank the tournament because they don't want the pick? Or teams trying to build cap room, be forced to trade it, draft and stash? So, look, we're talking about a midseason tournament. Adam Silver is in favor of this. And one of the nuances that came out this week that Mark is responding to is a $1 million cash prize for the players on the team. Do you think, like him, it is so dumb, or do you think that it's a good idea and we'll get guys going? Well, first of all, why is Mark Cuban and Darren Moore the only GMs that always got to tweet out something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for once, I agree with Cuban uh, for one time. Y'all agree with him. Okay. Like, let's just keep it. The only thing matter at the end of, end of the day is getting the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not about to sit up here and try to say, Oh, such and such, and add this to these accolades. Like right, this that's I agree. And that's that. that's what we not like. About to I do. mean, like say like a guy <laughs> wins six tournaments throughout his career, but right, never wins a championship. Is he a Hall of Fame worthy no, player? No, but I do want to. And look, Bobby Marks pointed this out this week that fifty percent of the players in the league earn four million dollars or less. So. For the rest of us, we're not all Paul Pierce, right? For a lot of people, a million hey, when dollars. When I came is into the league, the minimum was like two fifty, right? So the idea, <laughs> whether you like a midseason tournament or not, and and I'm not a European soccer fan, so I can't say this idea like sits with me the way it does with people who are more mm-hmm. used to seeing it. But if you're gonna have it, I think for a lot of players, a million dollars would be an incentive because most guys aren't making so much money that a million dollars means nothing to them. No, I mean that's that's great for the players, but I'm just saying like, I. Leave it where is it? Well, like that's fine. That's fine. That that, I, that doesn't need to be changed. I don't well, think. If you want to make some extra money, make it to the playoffs and make it to the finals. Well, you, you, get you, you, you get extra money <laughs> making it like that. Go earn it. The, thing, right. the things I like best about this whole new crop of ideas, I do like fewer games because I think that then we would hopefully see more players playing more higher percentage of games. But I also really like the idea of reseeding the final four of the playoffs because that one is to me the one that you could really have some fun with. I don't think you can go one through 16 going into the playoffs because you still have an unbalanced schedule. Western conference players playing Western conference teams where it's harder for them to get in. But once everyone's in and you've played through two rounds, Reseed, reseed the top four, and then you could end up with, say, this year we've got Clippers Lakers on Christmas Day. You mm, might end okay. up with that in the NBA Finals. I don't know. WNBA already does it. Works for them. Coming up, we're talking about our Christmas games. It's a Christmas edition Whoa. of Jump Ball. We're going to preview all five games on the slate tomorrow. Stick for that. And here is what the Jump recommends for oh, the day. This is the newest trailer for The Last Dance. This is that ten-part documentary series from ESPN Films. It's about the Bulls' final title run. In 1998, I cannot recommend this enough. Take a listen. Okay, yeah, got it. Good evening, everyone, and welcome once again to Bulls basketball. The most famous man on the planet is here. Okay, everybody. 
Yeah, me chill. Me right? too. I'm right that there with you. Chills. I'm like, man, this must, man. I'm like, Rachel, I might like, leave and go to. Uh, just just well, go ahead and watch that. Yeah, I'm sorry. And look at all the people that they sat down. All the tea's getting spilled. I cannot Ooh. wait. June cannot come soon Ooh. enough. We will be right back with the more of the joke. Whoop. The focus of the basketball world has descended upon L.A. The Los Angeles Clippers deliver two all-stars to their team. Anthony Davis is a Laker. Winning championships, that's the only goal. We got something special. We can make history here. A history-shifting day for the Los Angeles Lakers. Staples Center is the biggest winner of the summer. It's the battle of the hallway. Now in Staples Center, it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard against Anthony Davis, LeBron James. I think it's great for the city. The moment they made the schedule, it was almost positioned like a prize fight. Wherever you go, everything's buzzing about the Lakers Clippers. We're happy to put on the show. The battle of L.A. is real, people. We're not looking at the battle of L.A. We want to be holding that trophy. My mother always told me, don't talk about it, be about it. LeBron James sharing the Christmas wealth. Well, if you're an NBA fan, the Staples Center is the place to be. No Lakers Lake Show. It's a wrap. Welcome back to The Jump. The Staples Center will be the place to be. We'll be there. Check out our preview. We will be on it tomorrow. All right, time for another round of Jump Ball. A little Christmas edition. So, guys, who is the more deserving all-star starter? Let's get started with Celtics-Raptors, right? That's on Christmas Day. That's our opening game. So, Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, both all-stars last season. Kemba getting the start at guard because Charlotte was hosting. was a very nice story. Yeah. Paul, who's more deserving of the starting spot on this year's East All-Star team, Kemba or Kyle Lowry? Well, Kemba's having a better year. His team is doing better. But don't take nothing away from the champion, Kyle Lowry. So, but it's Kemba this year, hands down. You think it's, you yeah, think it's think, that easy? I think I it's that, that easy. easy this year. Okay. Definitely. I, I got to roll with Kemba again. And I'm not being a homer because of the Celtics. I was going to say, look who I'm saying. No, we're not doing it. But Kyle Lowry has been doing great. But also, when Kyle Lowry was hurt for yes. about a month, Toronto still was doing well without him. Uh, Van say, with Van Vliet. We can't say the same about Kimber. Uh, I went, I actually did my first play by play, uh, Dallas and Celtics game in Dallas. And I just watched Kimber. He took over the first quarter. He let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do their thing. And then when the fourth quarter came, he just completely took it over to a whole nother level. I would and give the edge to Kemba, too. I just don't think it's that easy. No, I didn't say I it was that easy. That easy. Though, well, he did. I, I, did. I think it is. I think it is this year. All right, let's look at who's been more, more to prove between these two heavyweights in the East. We got Giannis and the Bucks taking on the Sixers. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, both teams coming into the season with such big expectations. Perk, who has more to prove on Christmas, the Bucks or the Sixers? The Bucks has nothing to prove, right? The Bucks already sold to me. They... That this team is already good. The Sixers have something to prove. For the season, everybody except me jumped on the 76ers bandwagon. <laughs> Look at him. Like, oh, Everyone except me. Yeah, I didn't jump on them. I wasn't high on them. Nope. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, they're going to the finals. This the team. No, they have to prove it. They've been real suspect up and down. Yeah. They, they haven't been consistent. 
They had the buck the Sixers need this win. This is a statement win for them. They're playing at home. They should get this win. The Bucks have nothing to prove. They lose this. I'm still gonna think highly of the Bucks. He said it he said it best. I mean it has to be the Sixers. Like he said, they were contenders. Everybody thought of them as contenders and uh you know, I thought Embiid will be better this year. He, he's been up and down. He's playing better of late. Uh, I think Simmons, he's kind of stayed the same. I don't know if he's got better. Their roster didn't improve, and so they got the most improved. Look, they still need more shooting. They're still clearly figuring out how to play with each other. They should be a threat to come out of the East because of just how enormous they are and how good defensively they should be. But if you feel that way about your team, you've got to prove it against the Bucks, which are clearly the favorite in the East, yeah, and we'll see what happens. So I get next up to James Harden. More likely to score under 30 or over 50 on Christmas Day. Now, James is averaging 38.6 a game. He's facing, let's just call them a bottom 10 defense in the Warriors. Oh. I could use other adjectives, but we'll just stick with that one. And he could be motivated to go off in front of that Chase Center crowd, right, against the Warriors fans. Harden's already topped wow. 50 points five times this season. So what's more likely, he sticks under 30 or goes over 50? <laughs> There's no way he's gonna be under 30. He might, <laughs> he might, he might make 30 free throws. Right. So he got a better chance of going over 50, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm with P on this one. This is, <laughs> I, I'm not even. There's no way he don't score 30, right. and especially on Golden State. Oh my. So goodness. I got. I'm going with the over 50 on Christmas Day. I think he'll put on the show. He don't that you know that rivalry. They already kind of don't like Golden State, and then this like you know this is a get back. Everybody wants to get at Golden State. Yeah, now. yeah, you especially know, so. this team, yeah, especially yeah, James yeah, Harden. Yeah, yeah. Here come Vegas yeah, yeah. Negative odds for Harden. You can basically can't earn any money thinking he will score the most this points is a sure on Christmas Day. Bet. Of all of this. All right, this is maybe our toughest jump off question. Thanks to producer Danny, who is under more pressure this Christmas, gentlemen? Santa Claus. Or LeBron James. <laughs> Welcome to David Benjamin reporting. LeBron James is expected to play tomorrow. Remember, he missed Sunday's game with that groin injury. <laughs> the Lakers have lost three in a row. As we talked about the top of the show, they did lose that opening night match to the Clippers already. And that was without Paul George. So, Perk, who is under more pressure, LeBron James or Santa Claus? Listen, Santa Claus has been around since I was a kid. He always delivered. It don't matter if I had one pair of Jordans. LeBron is under the most, he's under the most pressure. And the reason being is, I think this is a game that LeBron separates himself mm-hmm. and, and have people to quit putting Kawhi Leonard and even Paul George in this same conversation with him. LeBron James. Obviously, we want to know <laughs> if he's healthy. Off the hook, easy. Yeah, I mean, because this is the biggest matchup of the year thus far at yes. this point in the season. 100%. Like I said, the stage just gets no bigger than this outside of the All-Star game and the finals. People love to play on Christmas. And what better way to put on a show than on this day? Nobody has to work. Well, you know, you have some workers, but most of the eyes will be on the television <laughs> that day. Opening presents, eating food with your family. A lot of pressure on this game. Some of us are working on Christmas. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody watched. Nobody, hardly the, the, the eyes ought to be on this game. The whole league is watching. Everybody's this is obviously, watching. look, these guys can say, and we saw it at the top of the segment, oh, we got our eyes on the finals. We don't have our eyes on each other. You got your eyes on each other. And again, the Clippers already won one, and they won it without Paul. George. So if they come back and win this Christmas Day matchup, that is the tone that's set for the second half of the season. LeBron has MVP aspirations. It's all there. And then it's it's different. And then the pressure comes with LeBron is that the Clippers have so many bodies that they could throw at him. And that's that's what's going to make it that's what's going to make me, you know, LeBron have to step up and separate himself. Mo Harkless, Kawhi, 
Patrick Beverly, PG, all these guys they could throw in them. LeBron James, you're on deck. You got a best Santa. That's what the Jazz say. All right, up next, we have only eight days left in the entire decade. After Uh-oh. the break, I will ask Paul and Perk if they have any spicy visions for 2020. You know this is going to be good. like John Legend can sing. All right, the NBA annual Christmas Day tradition continues. Five of the best gifts anyone could ask for. All five games available on the ESPN app, so you can watch wherever you're celebrating. It's all good. Christmas meets basketball. Welcome back to the Jump Den, right? It looks pretty pretty good in here. Very I want to take this opportunity to carry on the legacy of a great Christmas tradition, guys. You're sipping, mm-hmm. sipping by the fire, eating your little treats. Mm-hmm. Move over, Croc Griswold. <laughs> We're going to present to you the night before Christmas basketball. Oh, yes. Take a listen. Twas the night before Christmas basketball, and all through L.A., not a Laker was stirring, not even King James. The Christmas kicks were hung in the lockers with care, in hopes the tip-off soon would be there. The fans were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of triple-doubles danced in their heads. LeBron finished up Taco Tuesday with a snap, and was all settled in for a quick winter's nap. For tomorrow, we'll all be ready for game after game, while ballers chase some Christmas basketball fame. The Celtics in the six taking on Drake and the Raps, and Giannis got ready for beef with Philly's chaps. Brody and the Beard will be cooking in the bay, setting up looks and sweet step backs all day. Out in Denver, the Pelicans prepared for a jam, but the Joker had moves that would light up the gram. Which takes us back to LeBron's Staples Center, where Paul George and a fun guy soon were to enter. Would the Claw and PG break away with a flash, tear through the defense, and draw a foul with the dash? Or would AD and the Lake Show put a stop to all that with dunks, blocks, and rebounds to make Clipper Nation go drat? Tune in tomorrow and see the stars take flight. But until then, Merry Christmas basketball to all. And to all, a good night. Oh, what a nice bedtime story, right? We get a special edition of The Jump tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern. That's going to lead into Clippers, Lakers. That will be on ABC and ESPN. We're simulcast, Paul. Kendra Perkins going to be tearing it up on hoop streams with Cassidy. It's going to be a show. This Mm -hmm. was our last daily jump show of the year and the decade. We're not going to be back again until January 2nd in this afternoon slot. So, Perk, (laughs) what are your spiciest visions for the year 2020? What do you got? My spiciest visions is that... I have the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East, going to the finals, mm-hmm. and my other spot in the in the West. I have the Rocket Houston Rockets Ooh. making the Western Conference Ooh. Finals. Oh, making the West, uh, making the Western yeah. Conference I just Finals. No, we're setting up a preview for the Western Conference Finals: Lakers and Clippers. 
that that's a given. But like you said, <laughs> Milwaukee versus Lakers in the finals, that's what I'm looking forward to in two times. No, Milwaukee versus Clippers. In that's the, what I'm that's looking the for. Finals that you think? The All I know is the next decade, finals. 1992 Dream Team. This is what you have brought. The next decade is going to be Europe's players. Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're coming. Wait to see who had the Enjoy best the games tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll see you from Staples Center. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>